Hi Kevin, quick message from the Monstrous Feminine podcast. The episodes this month, covering creature features, were recorded prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. We'd like to express our support for the residents of Ukraine, and we desperately hope this can be resolved peacefully, without further damage and loss of life. Although we do not by any means wish to act as if this is the first instance of warfare in recent years, given that the episodes this month discuss warfare generally, and nuclear warfare and Cold War ideologies specifically, we feel it is necessary to advise listener discretion as we understand that this topic might be upsetting to listeners in the current climate. Please take care and always check the content warnings in the episode descriptions. Thank you. Broadcasting live from a meteorite crash, this is The Monstrous Feminine, the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name is Taya and I'm joined by my blobs, Mila, Louisa, and Zeba. And in this episode, we are continuing our creature feature theme and talking about the 1988 remake of The Blob, directed by Chuck Russell. Before we get into the film, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple Podcast app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast. The Blob is set in a small town in California following a meteor crash. An old man stumbles upon the crash site and has a slime-like substance attached itself to its hand. A group of teenagers, Brian, Meg, and Paul, discover the man and take him to the hospital. At the hospital, chaos ensues when Paul sees the man beginning to melt from exposure to the blob. As Paul calls for help, the blob begins to consume him. Meg witnesses Paul's death and the teens soon find themselves in a fight for survival against the blob. Sheriff, this is Paul Taylor. Uh-oh, what's wrong? I'm at the Orbitville Hospital. An old man's just been killed down here. You said killed? Yes, sir. You sit tight on me right now. Now, who else is involved? I'm with Meg Penny. And Brian Flagg was here earlier. Flagg? Where is he now? If the blob isn't your, your nightmare, as it is mine, what film would you be most scared to be in? What creature feature? No, can I say which creature I'd want to be killed by? Oh, yes. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. I want you to say why the creature from the Black Lagoon, because people, people have impure thoughts about the creature from the Black Lagoon. I may be one of those people. I may be <laughs> one of those people. It's giving shape of water, like it's very similar uh, humanoid fish creature. And his dick came from, you remember? I'm about to demonstrate on camera, but <laughs> it opened up. It was like a chamber opened up and then it came out. There are f- what appears to be flaps or doors that open and then the penis, which you, is not visible otherwise, comes out, right? It doesn't get harder. It is kind of vaginal in that way. Yes. Then. It's almost like the perfect balance of like yonic and phallic to me. We've drifted so far away from home. We're, we, we've been lost. I didn't say, who do you want to fuck? I said, who are you most scared <laughs> to be in a film with? But in a way, when you ask that, it, it, it is the same question. Yeah. Because I don't want to be killed by anybody, but if I had to choose, it should be a sexy creature. Okay, so what would I be most scared in? I'd be really scared in a shark movie. Like, the idea of my limbs going and, like, you, and you die so slow... You die so slowly. Of this movie? I'm more scared of Godzilla than this. I would be more scared of this one because I wouldn't want to dissolve. No, but I feel like the blob's quite quick. I actually wouldn't mind being killed by the blob. But then you have no chance of being saved. Babe, stop reading fairy tales. No one's coming to save you. Wow. We gotta save ourselves. 
The Monstrous Feminine is on Instagram, so please leave us a comment. If you do engage with our content, you might just get a shout out in our next episode as our Witch of the Week. This episode, our Witch of the Week is Moon from Instagram, who commented on our Bollywood horror episode and said, I enjoyed this episode so much. Can't wait for more movies around the lore of Charelles. I love that you guys explored it in so much detail. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you interacting with our content, leaving us a really lovely comment on Instagram. We're looking forward to doing many more Bollywood movies under other themes in the future. Friendly reminder that we're also on Patreon. For £1 a month, you gain access to our Discord. For £3 a month, you get to hear cut discussion from our main episode. And for £5, you get all that plus a bonus episode. Please support us. Any contribution helps. I thought this film was perfection. This is cinema. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's one of my favorite films now. I had such a good time. My ideal date, I've decided, is a drive-in cinema where I watch this with them. I love how fucking stupid it is. Like, this concept is so fucking stupid at its core and simple. And then they do that, and then they hit you with a Cold War chaotic input, like, twist. It kind of snowballs much like the blob grows. It grows in depth. The funny thing is, I feel like... This movie actually had me. Like, when I saw this, I was like, they could have kept this at, oh, it's a meteor, and this thing is attached to the meteor, and left the Cold War stuff out. And I would have said, that's what happened to the dinosaurs. And then I would have been like, oh my gosh. And then when the Earth had its cycle again and caused the Ice Age, that froze it. The science they could have had here. The science they could have had. (laughs) They could have had me by the neck with this. I would have been like, oh my god, the genius. But I was like, oh damn, okay, we're going with the war thing didn't mind the war thing it was giving me like et it was giving jaws like a random chaotic conspiracy plot linked like loosely to the cold war um an unhinged scientist the hazmat suit aesthetic i love it i'm here for it i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be real i just think there was like okay it was a short movie it was hour 20 something like that there was a lot of talking and not enough blob. I just think if I could, if I got a cut of all the blob parts combined, I feel like I get like 10 minutes max and I didn't see enough. That's what I was here for us. It was advertised as, I said, the blob, not teenagers running around. First of all, they look 40, running around. <laughs> Nobody said this was like boy who cried wolf, teens running around town at makeout point. The scenes are so long. Like they talk for so long and I'm like, where? is the blob suspense was built and then i didn't see blob till the end there's so much blob there's so much blob i think the anticipation of blob like little sneaky little peeks into the doorway is what makes blob so fun i'm fine when it's little i think it's fun when it's little i think it's fun when it's like going through vents and things but i just this mystery gang of teens is about to solve this was not keeping me engaged for some reason I think it felt very like Scooby-Doo. Let me, let me tell you, I loved this movie so much. I went back and watched the 1958 blob today. And that movie would have been very disappointed because there's even less blob, even less blob. In fact, there's quite a few uh, differences also. And they look even older. They look a strong 50. When they said that boy was 17, I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. How long has he been 17? Right, exactly. It makes Riverdale seem like, oh, okay, those are teenagers. 
So there was other things that were different from the original to the remake, which I thought were interesting. Like some of the reviews weren't happy about it. So the remake, obviously the blob can like get ya, you know, it can like, it has little tentacles. It can, it even like, you know, it can like reach out. The original, the OG blob, which was made with like lots of mixing concoctions is just like a smooth kind of jello. It has no features other than it can like rolls into you. I think more technically blobby than one that could extend out and grab things. I think that is outside the physics of blob. Okay, so you're like the critics who are like, oh, they really messed with the concept, the essence of what blob was. I think it was a creative reimagining. It was improving upon blob. It made it more engaging because like I can just outrun it. The only problem is when you're trapped in a room. But if blob can like tentacle grab me, then there's more of a threat. Like I need to get out double quick now. I think this movie made me really not want molten chocolate cake for a really long time. Or jello. I had to eat jello when I got my tooth pulled and I would literally be crying. I'd be like, just give me the mashed potatoes, please. You could have just had another soft food. Like any other soft food. I had no, to eat Ty it. was prescribed jello actually, the green kind. Oh my gosh, right after I got my tooth pulled, they were like, you can have ice cream. And I was like, cool. And I went to the store and got mint chocolate chip ice cream. And I was like, this is really hard to eat. And then I looked at the note and it was like, ice cream without anything in it and i said that was silly of you i love mint chocolate chip ice cream it's the best flavor the blob did look delicious i will say i did want to take a little no, no, lick. No, no. what <laughs> what are you talking about it looked like a fucking oyster oysters are yum oysters are good though <laughs> it looked like literally every candy that existed in the early 2000s because the 1958 version was very jello but the 1988 version no, it did look fleshy. In fact, that's one of my points in that this is monstrous femme. The first like little pod that it comes out of, very yonic. Also the way it like sucks people in, it was very tombod. Yeah, it did seem tombod. When it was on the corner of the, when it was on the wall, when it was about to like crawl up the wall and murk the boyfriend, it looked like a vagina very particularly in that and moment. The acid I suggest drips. we post a visual aid. The acid drips. I had a note of like, girl, check your pH. <laughs> very mon femme. It was a bit monstrous womb. And also on that point of when the blob creeps up the wall and drops on the boyfriend, that death shocked me like nothing else. I thought he was going to be protagonist just for him to die in the first like 10 minutes. That misdirection was perfect. I was like, oh my gosh, he's totally not dead. And then his arm got ripped off and I said, oh, he did. We've talked about it before, I think, on the podcast in that I think horror films, like older horrors are sometimes a bit more ruthless with who they kill off. Like sometimes modern horror, like you can almost watch it and think, well, this person's not going to die because of the main character. Like that's what we said. This was our Fear Street episode. We talked about this because in Fear Street, they killed off the main characters like that. And I was shocked by it. And children. And this one did it too. It like killed off a main character and then it killed a kid. You know, like the boyfriend character and the team rebel character, they're the same person in the original. Like, it's just like, she's with him from the beginning. It opens with them on a date. Um, and like, it just continues. There's not like a third character. He's just one guy. So you also don't have that shocking death. But other than that, it's pretty true to like the structure. Like there's still like a cinema scene. That is what I did like. That is what got me back in it. The thought that like, they're watching a movie in a movie always feels meta to me. And it was like a brief moment of self-awareness for like the camp factor of the movie itself. Like they know that they're being, they understand what the blob is and that it's like these other movies. The you know slice I mean? and dice movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I felt that like all the way through that they were like winking to the audience a bit. Yeah, I think I just thought 
it's not yet new enough to be making fun of old movies yet. Like in my brain, I was like, sure, this is just how movies were then. Like this is not self-aware. It's not commenting on other types of creature features or other types of horror movies. That like parody that is so over the top, sort of zany, it's just part of like the DNA of the films. And sometimes it really is way too cheesy. But this film, I think it's the right level of self-aware, but also funny. Like the script is really tight. The one niggle I have, criticism I have, was the the rapist best friend guy, right? Who's just like, he's buying condoms and he's like, it's for a naive girl. And then he, you know, just gets her super drunk and proceeds to assault her when she inevitably goes unconscious. Actually, she's been eaten and he doesn't know. But then I thought that the following scene, I feel like it's not necessarily a problem with the film because he, the blob, like, is almost like what Creed might call a female castrastrice, a rape revenge type situation. Like obviously the blobs killed her, so it's pretty much just killing indiscriminately. But the fact that he dies because he's doing that, it does seem to link of like, you know, there is a consequence for your actions. I totally thought this as well. Okay, looking at it through the lens of like horror tropes, teenagers having sex, like they're gonna fucking die. You know, that's just written in the rule book. However, It's framed in a way that he's like so obviously in the wrong. They're kind of playing on that trope in a way that's like gratifying because he's also a rapist and a terrible person. It's still making light of it, but I think it was making a point. As in when you consider 16 Candles being not aware of itself at all with its like assault scene. And that was just what, four years before this film. I want to believe that it's tongue in cheek and self-aware, but it's assuming a lot of the time. It makes light of it. And I think that's what stuck with me more than an attempt to make commentary on like rape culture. Like, again, I'm like, this is an old ass movie. I don't think they did it right. Like that's that's just me through through this whole thing. It's not old. It's not that old, it's 88. But let's evaluate where rape culture was in the 80s, like a mainstream media. But in that way, I do think it is a bit more ahead in the sense that it, like Mila said, this, this scene is like, oh, shall I do it? Shall I touch her boob? And it makes it in a comical way, but at the same time, you're like, no, you shouldn't touch her boob in the way that they're doing these cuts back and forth. Like for me, knowing that it's wrong, yeah, knowing, like me sitting there as an audience member, knowing that the people who made this scene know it's wrong, I guess is the little comfort I can take in it. Like they're, like, yeah, they're, they're fr- like, okay, they're framing it so whatever. I'm not on his side. He's a bad guy. He's doing a bad thing. And they're making it clear he's doing a bad thing. And I think that that, like, that that is quite radical for the time. But I do think that like, if it were made now, and they just were like making light of it, even in an attempt to critique it, I'd be like, don't do that. It's outdated now. And also the language they talk about it, because I feel like I'm gonna go, uh, I need this condom to be with the naive girl was actually more of a genuine line. Like, oh, like he's just taken advantage. Like you wouldn't ever say, oh no, he's just assault. He's just assaulted her. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, in fairness, like I really like the movie Superbad, but this movie seems more self-aware than that one because at no point do I think they ever really acknowledge how weird it is that he wants the alcohol just so Jules will sleep with him. The only thing that's like sort of moral is like the girl who likes Evan is really drunk in that movie and she tries to sleep with him and he's like, I can't because you're really drunk and this doesn't feel right. But that's the extent of the development from 80s films is that, oh, she's passed out. I can't fuck her. But that's not like the leap that we think it is not a big upgrade (laughs) that's true as well like maybe it's because she was passed out rather than like drunk you look a man in the face in 2022 and tell him that you can't have sex with a drunk girl that's rape and they'll laugh in your face like genuinely there are lots of men who don't know that they can have sex with a sober person that is how they get sex
I thought the blob to jello transition was immaculate. It's all I want in horror films. This in theaters would be so fine. In Gremlins in theaters would be really fine. Yeah. Zeba, did you have any unhinged notes? I feel like you might have. What a bait. I think it was just so stuck on, like, I don't know. There was a lot going on. I think I need to rewatch it. In conclusion, I think it's a rewatch for me. Should I watch the original? No, you think it's not worth it. No, 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 don't watch the original. The second one is way more fun 80s camp. The 80s were a really good time for movies. I love 80s horror. That like physical goo that they always use and the guts. I love like the acting. I love the music. I just love that genre. The special effects was so good in this film. It reminded me of Alien. They just don't do special effects like that. Like we really rely a lot on CGI nowadays to the point where like things like the puppet and Alien, like the art of doing things like that, I feel like is being lost a bit. Like making the monster. That's what I liked about Stranger Things. Again, my TED talk is that it does do a mix of cgi of course but then it knew when to make it a physical tangible thing what do you think about the blob as a creature it's perfect it's literally i feel like it's the epitome of a creature feature is it not i always thought a creature feature would be more animalistic than gelatinous i felt the opposite if it's like an animal and an animal that hasn't been affected by science in any way then i don't think of it as like a creature in the same way i think of of like I don't know, the things of myths like a Bigfoot or a, I, something I know doesn't exist. You know what I mean? When I thought it was from space, it was more creaturey. But then when it was like a human made germ, it was less creaturey for me. Mm. But then. What I don't understand about this movie is how do they like figure out like in the freezer that the cold is what like got rid of it and then they didn't use the cold into the end of the movie? Yeah, well, I'm not saying they're the smartest. They're teenagers. The ending part with the preacher spinning it into an apocalyptic thing. It would have been really cool if they did a cult follow-up movie. Think about this. Modern cult sequel to The Blob. We should make it. Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast and on Twitter at The Mon Femme Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod. Brooms up, which is out.